This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are through Jesus Christ, to glorify and praise God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9-11 through 11. Welcome back to my podcast, From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and today we're back in the book of Philippians. So this is episode 7 of our series through the books of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament and Philippians in the New Testament. This series is all about joy and identity. Where should we look to find our identity? What is the meaning of life and all the things that we do under the sun? And who can we trust in to provide us with lasting joy? Both books want us to focus on an identity built around God and to look toward Jesus as our source of lasting joy. They just kind of take different paths to reach the same conclusion. Solomon, the likely author of Ecclesiastes, shows us the folly of finding our identity in all other places as a way to point us toward the wisdom of finding our identity in God. So in the last episode, we saw Solomon finding the folly of seeking wisdom for wisdom's sake. He was attempting to uncover the secrets of the universe through knowledge. He was hoping to calculate the meaning of life through data points. And in the end, he found the effort was exhausting, a miserable task, says the CSB translation. He found that finding identity in wisdom was vanity, a chasing after the wind. Paul, on the other hand, is a little more direct in his message to the church at Philippi. Today we'll cover three short verses that really talk about knowledge, discernment, and approving excellent things in a way that produces good fruit and aims to praise and glorify God. It's an affectionate, loving, and wisdom-laden prayer from Paul to God for the believers at the church of Philippi. I pray that this episode can help us see the value of seeking wisdom and knowledge aimed at producing good fruit and glorifying God, instead of seeking knowledge and wisdom to advance our own worldly endeavors and desires. The former produces contentment and joy, while the latter is like chasing after the wind or grasping for vapor. They merely produce frustration and this never-ending pursuit that's destined to disappoint. This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. This prayer starts with a call for an overflowing of love that is seeped in wisdom. Adeyemo notes that the accompanying references to knowledge, depth of insight, and discernment, they remind us that Christian love is not blind and irrational. Rather, it is love that grows and is put into practice consciously and coherently. The words knowledge and discernment, they show up in our translations here, but in other translations you might see judgment, understanding, or insight. The Greek words can also mean recognition or perception. A perception not only by the senses, but also by the intellect. 
and knowledge that is very precise and absolutely correct. In the last episode covering the book of Philippians, we talked about the churchy word, sanctification. And sanctification is used to really just describe the ongoing process of God growing and maturing Christians. It starts at the moment that we become believers and it continues over the course of our entire lives. We're going to continue to see this idea reflected in this prayer. After all, abounding more and more in knowledge and discernment is reflective of godly growth. It's a desire that we hear echoed throughout the Old Testament also. In Psalm 119, verse 66, the psalmist pleads to God, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. And this all ties back to the themes of both Ecclesiastes and Philippians. For us to fear God, to trust Jesus, to find our identity in him, and to allow that identity to produce growth and fruit and a joyful obedience to God's commandments. The idea of joyful obedience in what we find our identity in, it's very unique to a person of faith. I mean, have you ever heard someone say that they desire to be joyfully obedient to their career, or joyfully obedient to learning more and more wisdom? It's not really a thing apart from God, but it can only truly occur if we are founded in the gospel. What God has done for us is the basis for our response to God's will for our lives. So that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Philippians 1.10 So the World English Bible translation that I used here, as well as the King James Version, says without offense. But some other translations use slightly different words. Like the ESV and the NLT say blameless. And the Greek word aproskopos, it literally means to not stumble. This is about discerning God's will through biblical wisdom and situational evaluation so that we can live that life of joyful submission and obedience to God. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is good, well-pleasing, and perfect will of God. We need wisdom and discernment from God to guide us in the tasks of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thomas Schreiner notes that believers must pray and seek the Lord to discern His will. They need spiritual wisdom because the circumstances of life are too complex to be formulated with rules that apply to every situation. See, books like Proverbs and James, they're great for providing general wisdom and guidance in life situations. But in books like Ecclesiastes and Philippians, we are reminded that general wisdom from God is a blessing, but that we also need wisdom from God to discern when specific situations require specific responses. Tony Morita underlines that as Christians, we need to be both biblically informed and deeply affectionate. You see, this isn't just about having biblical knowledge, that head knowledge that never really reaches our heart. And this isn't about being driven solely by our emotions and our gut feelings. When Paul says, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, he's referring to the wisdom of God that is directly connected to our love for God and our neighbors, but that is biblically founded. Finding our identity in Christ should make wisdom and love inseparable. 
knowledge, and affection inseparable. That is how we reflect Christ to the world and how we praise and glorify God through our lives. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Philippians 1 verse 11. So as many other passages from Paul do in his letters, Paul finds faithful love of God inseparable from being fruitful in our lives. These passages also tie fruitfulness to knowledge and wisdom from God. Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthily of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And Romans 7.4 ends that you would be joined to another to him who was raised from the dead that we might bring forth fruit to God. So notice that these passages, they aren't introspective, meaning that they aren't changes in me that only affect me. These fruits are meant to glorify God and to be interactive within our communities. They might be changes inside of us, but they extend outside and overflow outside of us. Romans 14, 7 and 8 underlines that we live not for ourselves, but for God. For none of us lives to himself and none dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. Or if we die, we die to the Lord. If therefore we live or die, we are the Lord's. Paul is very clear in this passage that a believer's fruitfulness comes through Jesus Christ. And fruit that comes from God the Son serves to glorify God the Father. So do we pray for wisdom and fruitfulness because we want those things? Or because we desire for God to be glorified through those things? So what is this whole passage all about? Tony Morita and Francis Chan conclude that the main idea of the passage is that Paul intercedes for his partners in the gospel, expressing his desire for their increased growth in love, discernment, and fruitfulness so that God may be glorified. And as you read these verses, notice that this is a very active prayer. Paul is praying for God to work in his people and for the Christians at Philippi to grow, and then for God to actively be praised throughout these actions. You know, listen to these verses again. This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So let us all pray for wisdom and knowledge and discernment. But for a wisdom that is based in God, a discernment seeped in God, and a foundation found in Christ. And when we pray for wisdom and knowledge, allow our prayers to be for more than just wisdom for wisdom's sake. Let our prayers come from an identity found in Christ to be for a wisdom that aims to glorify God. And that makes the difference. 
The aim of our seeking wisdom is the difference between the folly that's described by King Solomon and the joy that's reflected by the Apostle Paul. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses are from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode, we'll cover the first half of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Until next time, I love y'all.